I want you to talk a little bit about family. And I thought the best way to do that would be to paint a picture of what a family looks like. And I thought the best family I could imagine was an Italian family. Obvious <laughs> reasons. I might have a little Italian. Okay, I might have a lot of Italian. So, so be with me because this is a colourful picture, but I'm using it to demonstrate the kingdom principle. And um, every every Italian family has a papa and a mama. Yeah, Italian. Maybe he's even a god of the mafia. God of the mafia. Kapu, Kiki Kapu. The big boss. But in Italian family has a mom and a dad somewhere along the line. And then generally you have a big family. Lots of children. And in my Italian family, I've got Giovanni, I've got Matteo, Isabella, Leonardo, and Sofia. Does that sound like an Italian family? Yes. <laughs> you believe it. And of course, when the kids grow up, what happens then? They get married. Giovanni married a good Italian girl called Alessia. <laughs> the truth is, I wanted to name my daughter Alessia, but my wife wouldn't know. You wanted to name her Alessia, man. Alessia. Because of Alessia, not Alessia. Matteo, he found Sofia. And Isabella, she found Salvatore. Hey, don't laugh, his name sounds like a pizza, that's a good laugh. And Leonardo, he doesn't look like a turtle, he found Isabella. Andrea. Oh, sorry, she's already married. Leonardo found Andrea. And Bianca, she hasn't found anyone yet. She's only. And like any good Italian families, they have kids. Giovanni has two kids, Matteo and Sofia three kids, Isabella and Salvatore North. And Leonardo five kids. And if you look at that picture, it's a happy Italian family. No. It's not a happy Italian family. And I'll tell you why, because it's a family. Show me a family that's happy, and I'll show you the impossible. Because families are not always happy, are they? You see, let me give you some background. This is not true, but just bear with me, alright? Giovanni, he's the oldest, and Matteo, he's the next. But now they both always want to win at everything when they grew up. But Giovanni was older, bigger, stronger, and faster. Matteo's got a chip on his shoulder, because my brother always beat Isabella, well, she married Salvatore. Salvatore comes from a family of no brothers and sisters. And he's intimidated by this family of three brothers and two sisters who seem to be so tight. And he thinks that they're judging him the whole time, but they're not. They're just a tight family, like you would have a tight family. Not so? But he sometimes feels like he doesn't fit in. And Mama is worried because Sophia doesn't cook so much. And Matteo is losing a bit of weight. So she's trying to teach her, without telling her, you don't know how to cook. Look at my boy. She's trying to teach her to cook. And uh, Bianca, 
oh, she's like mate, maybe she had a boyfriend or two along the line and it didn't go so well, so she's decided this married thing is not for me. And she decides she's going to stay single. You see, this, this family is not perfect. Now, like a good Italian family, they get together once a week, every Sunday for lunch. And in Italy, normally lunch is outside, not inside. They sit under the olive trees, under the big trees, and they do lunch together. And it's a family affair. Now, if you count up how many people are in this family, there's 21 for the kids. And if you know Italians, they all talk at the same time and no one listens. <laughs> and let me tell you, when they start talking about topics like politics, religion, sport, there's never agreement, is there? And everybody's got a strong opinion. But here's the thing. They committed to get together. There's no question. Sunday lunch, we get together. I want you to see a reflection of church in this. It's kind of, but not quite. See, Papa could be Jesus. He's not married yet. We're his bride. He's going to marry us one day. But this family that comes together every Sunday, they come together every Sunday. There's 21 seats put out. I'll tell you what, if one seat is not occupied, do you think it's noticed? Of course. Mom has prepared food, the table's been prepared, the chair's been set up. Where is it? You see. The whole family wants to know where is he or she. If she or he is sick, they take on a meal. They check up on it. Church is the same. These chairs are set up. They might not have your name on it, but they set up for every one of you. If you don't come, the rest of us should be concerned. Do you agree? Yeah. We should be worried. We should be concerned. Where are we? So Mama doesn't do all the work, does she? She holds the daughters in, including Sophia, because she needs to teach her how to cook spaghetti. Sophia doesn't know how to go and, and Bianca helps mom every Sunday prepare the food. But somebody has to set up the table. Somebody puts out the chairs. Somebody makes sure that the lemonade or the uh, ginger beer is in the fridge. Not so. And what if it's a birthday party? It might not be 21 seats. It might be 31 seats. Somebody needs to carry a table and bring more chairs and so forth. Everybody plays their part. And when the guests arrive, someone greets them and welcomes them. Do you think the guests are ignored? When the visitor walks in that door, we should be jumping all over them to make sure that there's no exit. <laughs> Why? Because we want them to feel welcome. Just as I would want to feel welcome if I was invited to this family. Because if I walked in there and there were 21 people, I would feel completely spared. Because they all know each other. I don't know anymore. And the kingdom is the same. The church is the same. We're called to be a family. 
and I want to read some scriptures. Psalm 68. Is it 68? Yeah. Yes. To the Father, to the fatherless. Talking about God. God is a Father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. Is God in His holy will. Verse 6 says, God sets the lonely into flame. What does He want us to do? Stick with me, I'm going somewhere with this. Today, for the first time, you might not have noticed, but we've got a community on YouTube. Marvin, well done, Ruth. Yeah. 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 Some of this community came in early to make sure the chairs were cleaned and sanitized, that there's toilet paper in the bathrooms and that they're clean. They helped out with coffee setup and making sure the flags are out, etc., etc., etc. Why? Because they're part of this family. And they come to serve, just like Salvatore and Bianca and Sofia and Giovanni and the rest of them serve in family. And when those families go home after the meal, they go and spend the week together, don't they? And I think the kids at a typical Italian lunch don't get to say much, because the parents have got a lot to say. But at home, they'll get to say something. Why? Because mom and dad are interested in the kids. And that home, that family that goes home, is a, is a reflection of what do we call community. You might come here feeling like, I'm not going to say anything, are you crazy? They're going to laugh at me. Because you don't feel, but hopefully you feel safe in this environment. But you'll feel safer in this morning. Because I know at home, I want to know what my kids are thinking, doing, saying, planning. And if we sit around for a meal and one of them is not there, I want to know where are they? Oh, he's writing me there. Oh, she's at a friend. Oh. Are you not the same with your family? So when we get together as a community group or a home group in a week and someone's not there, Shouldn't we want to know where they are? How much more so, if my son doesn't tell us that he's not going to be there for dinner, I tune him. Because my wife's prepared for me. At community on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or whenever you meet, somebody's taken the time to ask you to read scripture. Somebody's taken the time to make sure there's enough chairs. Somebody's taken the trouble to make sure that there's tea and coffee and the lights are on and that you're expected. How much more so should we be there? Why? So let me back that up with a little bit of scripture if I can. Just as Marvin today served, 1 Corinthians 14 said, says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each one of you should help out to fix the chairs, bring it in. A word of instruction, revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. In other words, each one of you comes to play your part. To serve. 
was it um, Greenpoint? The Greenpoint meeting this morning. Just tell you what, I just arrived. To watch how they do it and what they do and what they do. And the testimonies. Oh my hat. Three or four people gone. One guy stood up and he said, um, he twisted his ankle yesterday playing football, soccer. Couldn't get out of bed this morning. Came to church. During the prayer meeting, he said, Lord, you know I hate the microphone. I will not testify. But if you heal my life, <laughs> that's why I'm standing here. I hope you testify. My ankle's healed. I don't know what happened. Somebody else got a, a lady praying for a job. And God said, no, don't take that one. And my mother stayed up all night and phoned me and said, don't take that one. And so I didn't. And two hours later, mom, and phoned me and I prayed for 8,000 or 10,000 and that's what I got. Somebody else stood up and said, I just want to repent of pride. She said, no, hat. God working through people, giving themselves willingly, willingly sharing, sharing testimonies. That's life. We need to be the same. So when we get together, I don't want to talk too much about communities now because that's another, I'll save that for another time. But uh, when we get together, do we get together to have our needs met? John 15, you all know the scripture. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this. To that, lay down one life for your Romans 12, Paul writes, and he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You see, we don't go to community or home group because it's a meeting. We are the community. We are. See, God doesn't live in a tabernacle. Not that He lived in a tabernacle in the Old Testament. But the presence of God was found in the Holy of Holies, or the most holy place. The presence of God traveled with the tabernacle, with the Ark of the Covenant. Do we have that here? No. In fact, this building is not even a church. There's just a roof over our head. And there's wonderful facilities. There's a coffee shop and a prayer and a Get together room and there's kids facilities and toilets and we've got all the things going for us, screens and music and all the equipment. What does it mean? It's just a woman. We don't go to church. We don't go to community. We are. And the word, funnily enough, the word community is a derivative of what word? Communion. So when we break bread together, what do we do? We commune. And we break bread. When we fellowship, what are we doing? We communion. Communioning. Communing. Communing. <laughs> when we pray, what do we do? We can do it alone or together in communion and we draw our souls in communion with God. 
So what's community? It's community coming together to exercise those things that the early church did. Fellowship, breaking of bread, teaching. If you're part of a family, you don't go to an event called family, do you? No. You are the family. What are we called to? 2 Corinthians verse 6, chapter 6 verse 18. Therefore, Paul writes, come out from them the world and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters. 2 Corinthians 13, Paul writes and says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You see, there's an ingredient that has to be present in our fellowship, in our communion. And that's the Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. If we try to, we will fail. Why? Because we'll run out of sea. We're only capable of doing so much and going so far on our own strength. We cannot attempt to be a family by our own devices. It's through the Holy Spirit. You see, it's through the Holy Spirit that the Father and the Son are one with each other in the Godhead. And we too have fellowship with the Father and the Son and with one another, only through the Holy Spirit. In 1 John, the writer John writes, and he said, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit that He gave us. See, we can try this. We can try this on our own. But this Spirit that caused Jesus to the mother, to His mother Mary, the same Spirit that gave Jesus the power to heal and raise the dead and do all the wonderful things that He did, the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead. The same Spirit lives in us. And we need the Spirit as a power, as an authority to carry us to do the things that God wants us to do. And what's the purpose of this? One body, one mind, one Spirit, one unity, gearing for one purpose, to be sons and daughters of the living God. Isn't it ironic that the Bible says that when we die one day, we will no longer be married. My wife will become my sister. So this is almost a, this is a, like a, a foreflection of what's coming one day. We're not brothers and sisters by blood. No. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. To truly become brothers and sisters when we see Jesus in this world. Do you have exciting? Come on, something to look forward to. And you know what it causes me to do? It causes me to look at every single person. When I look at you, I don't look at you from a color point of view, or an age point of view, or a size. I look at you as a brother or a sister in Christ. 
Because I know that you're as imperfect as I am. I know that you're struggling with something similar or different to what I'm struggling because I've got my struggles. But I look at you through the lens that God looks at you. And that's to see more than what you are. And when I look at brothers and sisters, I see you looking at God going, Lord, I'm not worthy. I fall short of your glory. I've got to come to you for forgiveness every day. And I look and I go, thank you, Lord, for brothers and sisters that are the same as me. Not because you're struggling like I'm struggling. I'm not reveling in that. But I realize that we're the same. That not one of us can count ourselves better than the other. Not one of us can count ourselves more righteous than the other. Or better or stronger or I'm holier than you. It's not that at all. It's just, brothers and sisters, as I look to Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you put people around me. Aren't they, Lord? Just yearning for the same perfection, for the same righteousness. And knowing that we'll be there after the then glorified, then washed, then raised up in perfection, then holy without imperfection. I live for that. You should too. Well, I hope you do. I do believe you do. I think of the days. So at our prayer meeting this morning, welcome. Psalm 133, what does he say? The writer says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And at the end of verse 3 he says, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life for everyone. I started laughing. I had a prayer meeting and he... Hold on, Praise God. Does living in unity mean that we'll agree on everything? Well, no, that Italian family doesn't agree on anything. There'll always be a difference of opinion. But if you've ever played an instrument like a guitar, you know a guitar's got six strings. When you play a chord, sometimes two, three, four, five fingers are on different strings. None of those strings sound the same, but together they are harmonious. God's not calling us to be the same. He doesn't want us all to say the same thing. But how do you posture your heart? Is your heart geared towards you? Not going to sound the same, but where's your heart? You see, where the heart is overflow comes out the mouth. Overflow of what's in here will show how you live in the way that you do things, in the way that you treat others. Starts here. John 17, verse 20. This is the Lord Himself speaking. And it's not often he uses the words, my prayer. That's how earnest he was. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also, he's talking for the believers, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, united, That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Isn't that amazing? Jesus' prayer is that we would be of one mind, one heart, one spirit. So I want to ask you today, and you'll know, in, not now, because in church it's easy, we can put on our church hats, eh? yeah. <laughs> our holier than thou, how's it going, I'm good, how are you, praise God, awesome to be here, and by the time you've hit the second robot, you've hit the hooter twice and you God won't even kick the dog once. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I've done that. <laughs> Terrible. How do we know? Well, the scripture we all know, I shared a couple of weeks ago, Galatians, by the fruit of the Spirit. And you've got to measure your life. And you've got to ask yourself, because I'm not your measure. Only you know when you're alone. Only you know when you're in the traffic. Only you know when things get tough at work. Only you know whether the fruit of the Spirit has been shown in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Come at Heads. I want to ask this afternoon if you don't know this Lord Jesus that's so hungry for us to love him and to serve him if you've never made a commitment if you've never made a commitment I want to ask you today we're not here by chance God loves us individually so much that he would give you an opportunity to know him. So I want to ask you, if you've never made a commitment to invite Jesus into your life, just put up your hand right now and I pray with you. Anyone here this morning? Just this afternoon. And I'm going to assume I'm in a room full of believers. <laughs> it's awesome. Goodbye. Father God, Even as Jesus said, when he was with his disciples, they came and they came to him and said, your mother and your brothers are outside. And he said, who? Who is my brother and who is my mother? 
And he said, those that do the will of my father, these people here are my brothers, sisters, mother. And he wasn't being contemptuous of the command that says, honor your mother and father, not at all. He was using the situation to show those around him that if you do the will of the Father, you would be considered brothers and sisters of Christ. So Father God, even as we are here today, we're not like brothers and sisters. But by your Spirit, Lord, we united as one. I pray, Lord, that every one of us, Lord, would posture our hearts in a way. That we would even examine our hearts right now. And hold ourselves to account. Say, do I really make an effort to treat these people around me as my brothers and sisters? Do I care enough about them that when they're not present, I phone them to find out, where were you? You were absent. And I want to know if you're okay. Because I know in my family I would do that for me. But Lord, that we would look outside of ourselves, Lord. That we would see ourselves not in church or community because we want to be served. But that we would posture our hearts to be servants. To find ways to serve one another. Because the world's way is to seek to be served. But your way, Lord, you said if you want us to be the greatest, we need to be the least. So there is an opportunity for every one of us to be the greatest. Lord, would you help us to be the least? Give us hearts of servants, Lord. Servant heartedness, Lord, to serve one another. To love one another, Lord, and to do the will of the Father. Amen.